concept for EPAR trade is basically, in my opinion, there's a big hole in the internet. So the internet started many years ago, but there's never been an online business community for racers on the World Wide Web. The need for EPAR trade is actually quite obvious. Basically, people in the business of auto racing need a place online to hang out and get their problems solved. It's extremely simple for a buyer or for a supplier to interact on the platform. The first thing you need to do is sign in, which is free. And the second thing is when you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on request more information. If it's a company, you click on request more information. And then from there, it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. You can go to epartrade.com, you become part of a community of businesses in racing and it makes uh, sourcing products much easier than just on the internet or using Google. At epartrade there is no e-commerce, it's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier through an email. More than that, it's a place to go just to keep current every day. So it's a good place to start your workday in your racing business or in your offices of your professional race team. And you know you're current when it comes to new technology, industry news, technical papers, technical videos, all that and more. We're not looking for a million hits per day. All we want is people who are really the volume buyers of racing products in the racing industry to be part of the little world of EPAR trade. We have racing businesses participating from around the world. So you get suppliers from around the world, you get buyers from around the world. EPAR trade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. Good morning from California. I am Francisque Savignan, the founder and CEO of EPAR trade. Welcome to Race Industry Now, the technical uh, and business webinar series from ePartrade presented by ARP. So today, Judy Kin uh, won't be with us, but she'll be back with next week. She wishes she was with us today, but the great Jeff Hammond is here. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Well, you're really stretching it on a Wednesday, aren't you? The great. Let's back it down. <laughs> Jeff Hammond is with us, okay? Just relax. Yeah, well, no. you know, you're just great. And and you just finished the uh, SRX series. Uh, yep. So how was it? Uh, it was fabulous. I mean, with the drivers and the different menus that we went to, the experiences we had over the weekend with all the interaction of the fans, uh, anybody that was watching it on CBS the other night, on Saturday night for our finale up in Nashville at the Fairground Speedways, uh, it was a huge crowd, energetic crowd. And in the end, we saw a great father and son battle between Chase Elliott, NASCAR's current champion, and a former champion, as well as a Hall of Famer, his father, Bill Elliott, and the legendary smoke, Tony Stewart. I mean, they were all up there battling away, along with Bobby Labonte. I mean, it was a fantastic finish, fantastic six weeks, and can't wait till the next year when we bring it back and uh, with more different venues to go to different drivers. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be something I think we'll be looking forward to. It's almost like to me, a television show that I love very dearly that Kevin Costner's in Yellowstone. It's the okay. kind of thing that in the summer you, you, you can't wait till it comes on. I think this racing series, uh, the SRX series, you know, sponsored by camping world is going to be one of those events that people will be looking forward to next summer when it comes back around. Uh, absolutely. I mean, they did a hell of a job and, uh, yeah. We have a lot of good friends involved in it. So, uh, and, and you're the number one. <laughs> so, that's awesome, so um, I am getting a signal from a producer, Rita Keneski. We're going to bring on uh, Tom Bogner and Dwayne uh, Lefleur from uh, Lucas Oil Products. Uh, Judy has worked with Dwayne for many, many, many years. He's a guy that you see at every track, every weekend. We saw him recently at the uh, NHRA race in Las Vegas. Uh, so Dwayne is a big player in the industry. We're very happy to have them on. So I see their name popping up. We're going to ask them to start their camera. And, uh, and we should be on for the next hour. We're going to be talking uh, lubricants. So I see Tom. I see Dwayne. Uh, we're going to ask you guys to unmute because I think you're on mute right now. All right, and, uh, I, there, there we, we go. go. So, <laughs> Jeff Hammond, you're in charge. We'll see you in about an hour.
All right, thank you very much, Francis. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good morning. Thank well, you. Thank you. Doing well. Glad thank to you very you. much. Now I see Dwayne. I see Tom. You want to introduce us to the other gentleman? I'm, I do not have his name yeah. in front of me. Yeah, Jeff. So I, I have Greg Hugel with me here in my office. Greg is our head chemist and the senior director of research and development for Lucas Oil Products. And I thought it'd be really instrumental to have Greg in sitting with us. It gets me, you know, we get some of these really high tech guys on board. Um, he's our formulator and been with Lucas how long, Greg? Six years. Six years. So um, he's been a big, big instrumental part on not only our additives and the high performance side, but our oils that would be with like Richard Childress Racing and some of those. So I'm waiting in the wings here if, if somebody needs me or has a question that pertains. Well, hey, let me, let, me, let me lay out how the plan works here for me. Okay. This, this right here is nothing but a bunch of old boys sitting around talking racing at the local bar. Okay. We just, we just want to let it fly and hopefully we get some questions from our panelists and stuff like that. Viewers that we can, uh, you know, pick your brain a little bit, educate them and have some fun doing it. I mean, don't be afraid to share stories and tell us about things that, you know, we behind the scenes. I mean, that's what we're looking for. Any technology you can share with us, more than happy to get it. But let's make darn sure that uh, we don't leave anything on the table that we feel like it's relevant to our listeners and particularly to myself. I mean, you know, I'm going to tell you right quick. I mean, I grew up in the early days when people started talking about additives this and additives that. And you had a lot of people who would sit there real quick and jump up and say, hey, it ain't nothing but snake oil. And everybody's just trying to get something in the engine. It ain't doing anybody any good. It's just, you know, da, 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 da. But we have learned a lot like coatings, the proper type of additive in the right scenario is just as good without having to go to a special company to take a part out to get it coated, put it back in so we get a longer life in it. So, you know, I'm here to hear, here to listen but at the same time to educate. So, uh, you know, just Tom, take off. I mean, whoever okay. wants to, Dwayne, good morning again sure. to you. Um, whoever wants to lead out, uh, I'm sure you gentlemen have talked about this. So I'm going to, I'm here to kind of referee and, and direct and guide and keep us from crashing. That's the big thing. So sure. let's, let's have some fun. And, and like yeah. I say, tell us what's going on, Lucas Oil, because we hear and see so much of it around the racing world today as well as when you go into any auto parts store, you guys are very prominent. So share with me what, what we need to know about Lucas Oil today. All right, well, I think we should start briefly with, you know, how Forrest and Charlotte Lucas started mm -hmm. the company back in 1989. Just a very small operation. Forrest had several fleet trucks that he was driving. And he came across some additives basically that worked at sealing up leaks, improved his fuel mileage in his trucks, and created the four core products for Lucas Oil, which started out with heavy-duty oil stabilizer, our fuel treatment, upper solder lube, transmission fix, and our power steering stop leak. And here today, we're over 200 products, Greg. Now we're up to over 200 products. And the additive side of things really, really grew the company. Uh, Forrest actually took those additives and started spreading them around with some of his trucker friends and, you know, proved to these guys that these worked and decided to go forward and, and try to create the company, invested some money to uh, start in a little, little small spot here in Corona, California, and started blending little small batches and he and Charlotte would deliver them. Uh, I think the very first products went to like truck stops and he literally it, it's a pretty incredible story when you see where Forrest and Charlotte are today in Carmel, Indiana and, and us having you know three locations basically plus golf courses and you know he's in Forrest is invested in real estate uh, and he everything he gets involved with he owns and he pays for it. doesn't he doesn't believe in taking a credit line so if he couldn't do it he didn't do it no, it, it's it's a it's a name that is synonymous, like I say, in so many different places. And you know, it's I think the one that catches me off guard is the one in Indianapolis. You know, whenever you guys and you go up and you got the big Lucas Oil Stadium up there. I mean, you know, it's so 
you know, we all know that motorsports and racing, when you say Indianapolis, it's, it's all synonymous. I mean, it's, it all, it's part of the family. And you, you think about the products, you think about, you know, the, the I, I think the integrity of, of a lot of things when it revolves around motorsports and racing, is, it comes directly from Indianapolis, the city, the racetrack, the, the racetracks around it. I mean, just the other night, you know, a few weeks ago, I'm at Lucas Oil Raceway, you know, the legendary little short track right outside the racetrack, I mean, outside the city. So it, it carries a very powerful name that has been created by he and his wife, Charlotte, and shows the quality uh, that everybody expects. And I'm sure sure the owner demands uh, whenever you get involved. Right. And like Tom was saying, you know, with Forrest and Charlotte, Morgan, I mean, Morgan drove top fuel for years, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, they're besides making the product and into motorsports. I mean, they were supportive. I mean, I forget how many years Tom's probably knows the exact number, but you know, Morgan started out running, you know, in the drag racing world, started out running super comp. Then he got into a fuel dragster to get his feet wet, to take the next step to top fuel. And, and he did, and they were very successful. And that's what gives Lucas, I feel some of the advantage out there is Tom and Greg and those guys and the, those guys back in Corona, they were working with these oils. They were helped developing the oils. They would go out and run this weekend. They'd bring the oils back, look at it and says, Hey, we got to tweak this a little bit, you know, add a little of this or change the formulation on that. Um, so they were definitely hands-on and, and I know we're a big industry and I know we, especially Lucas, the Forest and Charlotte and Katie and Morgan support a lot more than drag racing, but we do the same thing, whether it's dirt track, motocross, offshore boat racing, whatever it is, we're hands-on and we're always out there watching the product, see how it works and, and staying ahead of the curve. So our product does what it says it does. And what we're saying is it works and it actually does. Well, let, let me ask you a question about that because it, it kind of caught me a little bit off guard. I'll make sure I get part of the backstory here and understand it better is the fact that, you know, that he was a, you know, a trucker and he had problem with his trucks and, and he was trying to make something. Who was the, who was the big idea about this? Because you're not a can Are you, is he a chemist? Is that his, where his background comes from is chemistry or what did, what did he do to come up with the initial products that made him so, you know, successful? Well, Forrest is definitely not a chemist and he was just an innovator. Basically. I, I'm not even really, He's kind of all kept that secret, how he came up with his his initial additive, secret additive that we use in multiples of products. Uh, I, I think it's very interesting, though, that, how a guy just like a small little trucker could find something. He literally was playing with, with the other additives, trying to find something. Um, and it worked, you know, in his own fleet. And literally just every dime he could put aside, saved up so that he could actually try to get something produced into a bottle and uh it's definitely a, a self-made you know story with forest and i'm i'm the least experienced of the the three lucas people here but uh, i do know that uh, uh you know forest is always very you know friendly amicable person and he would partner with people in the industry and i know that specifically he brought someone over from a major oil company um uh, that helped him in development so uh uh, though he didn't have technical expertise himself, he had pretty good uh, instincts and uh, uh, relied on, on the advice of others as well. So it, it was, it's a, both a, uh, you know, uh, in-house development, but also uh, uh, he had connections with people with state-of-the-art knowledge of, of lubrication at the time. Okay, with, with that being said, Greg, for example, can you give us some insight about the process of developing new products and or redefining the products that exist to today's needs? And uh, again, we realize that we're, look, we're addressing temperatures, lubrication, um, you know, overall wear when it comes to the, the, a lot of the products right. that folks, you know, specialize in. How do you continue to do that? I mean, do you guys have your own dyno? You have your own engine people, or gear gear people, transmission well, people? We have our own laboratories, but we don't we don't have uh, uh, you know tribometers or uh, or dyn dynamometers. But we do have 
you know, pretty good connections. And so, for example, with uh, uh, ECR in North Carolina, they, they have a lot of sophisticated equipment and we've partnered with them. Uh, their dynamometers can be, can read uh, horsepower to a tenth, uh, which is really pretty impressive. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, sort of my philosophy since I've been here uh, uh, in assisting them and others is that, you know, to, to a racer, uh, uh, probably the most important thing is uh, horsepower, right? And um, uh, then after that is durability. So uh, we, we try and push the envelope as much as possible on delivering uh, power. And it sounds funny, you know, you mentioned uh, that you have a history in this, in this field and that uh, there was a lot of skepticism about uh, a lot of things, especially oil additives. Well, you know, honestly, uh, when we're talking about the contribution of the oil, uh, it's often measured in tenths of horsepower, maybe half a horsepower. Uh, one year, um, several years ago, we developed an oil that, that essentially uh, increased power for ECR over three horsepower. And they were pretty ecstatic because, uh, um, uh, you, you know that racing is, is, a, is a developmental process and a high technology process, but it's constrained by rules, right? And so um, uh, the engineers and designers are, are working to exploit tiny, tiny gains wherever they can. And uh, what the R&D director at ECR told me at the time was that that three horsepower to them probably represents at least a year's worth of cumulative work. Um, uh, in all areas to, to just increase the power just a little bit because where you win is on the margins. If you can increase that margin just a little bit, uh, uh, you know, not, not to diminish the contribution of the driver, of course, and the, and the pit crew and whatever else, but uh, in the big picture, if you can increase the, the power uh, against your competitors uh, by just a, a small margin, you're increasing your likelihood of winning that race. And so, uh, you know, that's the, that's the driving force. And then of course, we wanna make sure that the engine's durable enough to make it through the race. Um, but it, it seems, you know, it, it's a kind of a funny thing because a lot of what we do in racing is not completely different than what we do in, uh, in regular lubrication development. What's fuel economy uh, to a daily driver is power to a racer. And so the, the two concepts are sort of uh, locked together. No, I, I totally understand and get it because the my crew chief background, you know, we I always worried about the handling, you know, trying to get it to go through the corners and everything. But I'll be honest with you, the best handling race car you've ever seen is down the straightaway. So when you're talking about three horsepower, all of a sudden you made my car handle better through the corner because he doesn't have to get through the corner as good to make up a little bit being off there if he's got three extra horsepower. I mean, it's and it's that simple equation. Uh, that everybody, I think, in any motorsports avenue, whether it's drag racing or boat racing, like you've already talked about, it doesn't matter. If you've got that little extra horsepower and that reliability is there for that, um, you've made a huge jump against your competition. Right. Now, the other part of that equation is once your competition finds out about Lucas Oil, now all of a sudden you've equated it, <laughs> you've closed the gap on it quite a bit. But th no, those kind of minute improvements in uh, everything, every aspect of it, even to the point of, you know, if you have something that's for the works for the transmission and the rear gear at the same time, you know, rolling resistance is, is a big thing, right. uh, especially in the NASCAR world. And I'm sure it's the same way drag racing, because we know how much they're dealing. I mean, at one time we all talked in tents and then we went to hundreds and now we're at thousands. I mean, I, that's the, where your company is, is probably has helped everybody that I've been able to understand uh, the benefit of every one of your lubricants. Because let's face it, you know, we're as engineers and as engine builders and as car builders, you know, we've gone to coating to try to reduce friction and reduce heat to increase horsepower. And then you add your product in there to where, I mean, let's face it, guys, you know, at one time, uh, a 50, you know, 
50-weight oil was commonplace in racing. And it, it ran out like pancake syrup or something like that. Now today, the stuff you poured out, it pours easier than water. Yeah. I mean, and, you're, and you're lubricating and you're in, you've increased not only, you've decreased the, the friction and the heat and lubricated everything as efficiently as we did back then. I mean, it's just, to me, it's mind boggling what I have seen occur in, in, in y'all's world and our world in the last 40 years. And you have to, to go off of what uh, Greg was saying before. I mean, oil does lubricate, right? And it helps make power and make motors live. And But the big thing is cooling. And last time I was down at ECR RCR shop talking with the engine folks, it was funny because they says, hey, we're trying to make power, make these motors live. And the crew chiefs are taping off the front and it's all aero package and they're slamming them on the ground. And now everything's running hotter. Yep. I mean, Greg can tell you the temperatures, but I mean, and I'm sure you know it as well, but you're not 210 degrees anymore or 215. I mean, these guys are running at extreme temperatures that heat breaks down oil as well. And so with, with Greg and, and, you know, his technology and now Tom as well there, um, it's, it's got to cool. And, and that's, that's as important as making power because if you can't make that motor live, it doesn't matter how much power you're making, you're never going to make it 500 miles, you know? Yeah. And, and, I, and I agree with you. So, you know, I, I want to make sure we don't leave anything in this case, on the shelf, I see you've got, both of you guys have got product in behind you. Uh, I'm sure that a lot of people would like to better understand what's available. Uh, maybe that you're, you know, you got out there and it's, you know, the everyday individual, but more importantly, the everyday short track racer, drag racer, again, you know, off-road folk, you know, what do you, what do you got that, uh, that they need to make sure you, they know about? I, I, I think it's important also to note um, we do have two dyno engines. So we do, we have a Chip Ganassi RO5 P7, the Mopar mm -hmm. uh, that was built for us. And that started our dyno testing first. But I utilize outsourced source, you know, or outside dynos to store these engines. And it's amazing how it's changed from just 10 years even on how these oils work in these engines. Uh, so the racers for them to know that we're, we are on it still, we don't own our dinos, but I have an R, I have a Chevy R07 as well that was built for us by ECR. And we, we do run those engines here locally in California whenever we need to check a blend batch or anything like that. But it's important to know now, and we do carry products for just about everything from tractor pullers, uh, go-karting, IndyCar, NASCAR, um, so we are, we can be a one-stop shop for the engine builder to the support for the team from our gear oils, whether they need a speedway type light gear oil or a heavy 250. Lucas Oil has everything from the, the endurance side, which another good example of that would be probably our Wheeland 31 car on the IMSA side with the, the ECR LS platform. When they do those endurance races, you know, gas fuel mileage becomes a real big issue, similar to IndyCar. And we found through some of these specialty lubricants that we've been able to get them sometimes to actually help them finish that last lap, right? So we have those products available from our really low viscosity gear oils mm -hmm. for, to our low viscosity motor oils for like a pro stock drag race car. So zero weights to 70 weights we have a complete line for them. Right. And to touch on what Tom's saying there, you know, we've got a full synthetic oil. We've got a semi-synthetic and conventional. So I think you have to, to go back to what you're asking about diversity or what else we're able to do. Um, from, from Tom's standpoint, we can help you assemble a motor with assembly lubes, assembly greases, braking oils, to the racing oils, to tranny fluids, to gear oils, to... There's a competitor of our, ours out there that is a product that you had to water, right? Because in most racing series, you can't put antifreeze or glycol in your radiator. Right. Um, we've got a product for that application. So really, if you look at it, no matter what type of racing it is, we can, we've got something for the whole entire car, wheel bearings, uh, anything. So from a lubrication standpoint, uh, Lucas has got that, that area covered. And we can even take it another step. Um, 
I'm out of one of the races or something, we can service the vehicle. I mean, the, the motorhome, the tractor trailer, the crew cab dually with a 28 foot trailer or an open trailer, it doesn't matter. We can service the tow vehicle, we can service the trailer, the race car, and all points in between. And, and I think that is pretty cool to say of the universal product line that Lucas offers. Like you, you had mentioned with the products behind us, um, we've got two cycle oil, we've got brake fluid, power steering fluids. Um, so your daily drivers, um, chain loop, you got a bicycle or a dirt bike or a bike now that runs a chain and stuff instead of a belt drive deal. We can do just about everything there is out there. Def for the, the, the big trucks we don't do, we don't do antifreeze, we don't do uh, a windshield washer fluid, but all points in between, we've got a, an outdoor product line. So we're very heavily involved in the, the hunting and fishing market. Um, we've got an ATV, UTV, or power sports, complete product line, a marine product line, and so on. So we do a lot more besides just the drag racing and the, the circle track and, and, the, and whatever in between, but we're a pretty diverse company. Sounds like it. And Tom or, or Dwayne, either one or even Greg, <clears throat> you know, we here at ePartrade have been fortunate enough to talk to different companies about coatings. Um, have have the idea and the introduction of so much coatings into high performance stuff. Do y'all work with them to make sure that you know that you know what can best work? I mean, you still got to have lubricant. You know, just because you coat something, it doesn't mean you can run it without you know having it properly, you know, lubricated. So, do you work with different coating companies to you know refine and and come up with the next? Um, lubricant that will give this even more effectiveness or you know you know where i'm coming from is just to try to what's the next step in the direction as far as working with people who want to do coding well that's a good point jeff one thing that i've seen i've been here at lucas for about 17 years is one thing that constantly changes in the racing side of things are the coatings and a new coating could come in play a DLC coating or whatever you're talking about, valve train stuff. And one oil that worked very well may not work well now. So we do definitely have to pay attention to the industry and coatings. And we've seen engine bearings that are coated that now they don't work as well as the uncoated bearing did. Maybe the Molly or one of the products are not real happy with it. And so we do have to definitely look at that. And it's, it's changing, it seems like, and, and I'll go back to a scenario with Larry Morgan when we were sponsoring Larry in the Pro Stock NHRA side. They changed on one of their rockers to a different coating. And now all of a sudden we were having push rod issues that we didn't have before. And we literally had to reevaluate re the 05 weight and take a look at some slight changes to address that because it was in multiple teams. So it was basically looking at all the teams that the oil worked perfect until the industry changed apart. And then we had to make a change to get back on board. So we're definitely paying attention. Yeah, to date, I think we're probably working more with the, the, uh, uh, the engine builders and racers as they work with coating companies. But uh, I think your point is well taken that uh, uh, as this technology evolves, uh, we should probably be working more directly with, with coding companies. So I don't think we've really taken that step yet, but um, you know, the, the chemistry that goes on uh, as, as far as it's understood is very complex. You know, the, uh, you know, people throw around uh, uh, language like zinc or ZDDP or Molly all the time. Um, now, and, uh, you know, we know that they work under certain conditions and uh, basically how they work, you know, they're forming a tribological film. The, the ZDDP molecule is actually degrading and forming a, uh, what I often call a scuffable or uh, uh, surface that is formed, uh, removed through uh, friction and wear, reform, constantly reformed. Well, that, you know, interfacial, the surface of event is influenced by what that surface is. If it's a, a, a ferrous surface, aluminum surface, if it's a diamond-like coating, um, the, the chemistry is going to change according to the nature of the surface. So uh, it's a good point. It's a good point. That's probably uh, uh, you know a, a frontier um, a goal for uh, oil development. Yeah. 
Well, that, like I said, that that was one of the things I was just curious about because all the improvements that you guys are making and they're making, if you you know continue to work hand in hand, that's where more you know, three more horsepower will eventually be squoze out somewhere. You know, be be discovered, and I think that's what everybody's working toward is because we're pretty much maxed out of what you know when you get to these especially NASCAR, you know, what they're going to allow you to do with camshafts and, and combination of, of, of boring stroke and everything goes along with it. And you're maxing out on everything, but you know, it's the little things that we've already been talking about. Uh, that's is the future. I mean, it's gotta be the future. Cause that's, you know, I, I don't know what else more you can do if they won't let you turn it anymore and won't let you put any more compression in it than that. So where are you going to find that power at? Where are you going to find that reduction in heat and, the next right. speed going to come from, but, you know, let's don't forget. And, and, and folks out there that are, that are watching this and listening to what's going on. I'm sure you got some questions for these gentlemen. Uh, don't hesitate to, to fire them off in there. We'd love to get you involved. And, um, you know, at the same time, I want to make sure I, I pause just for a moment and thank you, uh, ARP racing products for being, you know, one of our sponsors for this, um, opportunity to have a zoom call and have a webinar and, and be able to pick you guys brains and, and talk about uh, not only what Lucas oil has done up to this point, but what they're going to do for the future, because uh, you guys are, like I say, you're synonymous when it comes to motorsports and not in every form, you know, we keep talking about it and uh, I'm going to get off on that here in just a second, but just want to make sure folks you're sitting there listening you got to have a question. So make sure you pick Tom's brain, Greg's brain, and make sure we wake up Dwayne over there because I don't want him to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was, I was going to jump in there, Jeff, too. Thank you. But, like, you know, what, what everybody's just been talking about, about the, the power and the coatings and, and everything it does, I just happened to have been out in Columbus, Ohio, this past weekend at one of the NHRA Lucas Oil Drag Series mm -hmm. points races. And I know we keep going back to, to some of the drag racing, but that's where I was this weekend. And, and we – the three of us actually, Greg, Tom, and myself, had worked on developing a lightweight, we call it FL0. But we, we came up with this oil to make power in certain categories in the drag racing world. Mm -hmm. This weekend, a uh, race team came up to me and says, hey, we need to, in drag racing, just to, for some of the, the people out there, stock and super stock sometimes run heads up class. So fastest guy wins. So this team comes up and asks what we had to, to possibly help there. They were running a 1030 synthetic oil. I gave them the background on the FL0, got them to put the FL0 in there to go up there to make the run for the finals. Mm -hmm. They came back here Sunday afternoon and couldn't believe, and this is third party, and I wish I knew who the gentleman was, um, but he came up, says, hey, Dwayne, he says, we put that FL0 in, we picked up two tents and won the race and won class, and he was ecstatic. So just things like that of always trying to stay ahead of the curve, always being out here working with race teams, engine builders, and boots on the ground in the racing community. These are things that we try and do at Lucas is not saying anybody else isn't, but we always want to be the best, right? And, and by doing these things, such as zinc, you know, th this is one I get all the time from engine builders and racers out there is I'm running high zinc oil right now. Does yours have high zinc? Greg can elaborate on this and, and Tom could too much better. But the long story short is, if you get out of passenger car motor oil, API certified oils, there's specs there that we have to meet or exceed to be able to go into your daily passenger vehicle or diesel truck motors, whatever. In the hot rod racing world, there is no spec. So sometimes I feel the word on a bottle high zinc is actually misleading because it's hard to find out how much zinc is actually in that. And we're extremely proud of the additive packages, the quality of the additive package, in the zinc level. And, and you, anybody can go to our website and look this up, but we started 3,097 parts per million and go up from there. So we just want to make sure people understand that when they say they're using a high zinc oil, to take some time and do a little research on it and really see how much is in there because they might be surprised what those numbers actually are. Well, that's great information. And the good thing about it, asking the folks to participate, we've got Michael. He sent a question in, and he wants to know, does the Lucas Oil Octane Booster have a cleaning detergent to clean the fuel injectors and the entire fuel system of the car? I think I'll leave that one up to Greg a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and, and it's a very good question. Um, 
And this is when I wish I had my formulation <laughs> book or, or, uh, or the thing right in front of me. But as memory serves, uh, no. Um, it's an organometallic compound that's used to uh, boost uh, octane. Um, uh, but it's not, uh, it's not integrated with, um, with a detergent. So, um, you know, a detergent certainly could, detergent could be used uh, alongside it, you know, prior to or afterwards. Um, uh, but uh, uh, my recollection is that we do not include a detergent in that formula. Okay, well, let's stop here and, and I'll ask the follow-up question. Follow-up question would be, if I want to put Lucas Octane Booster in my vehicle, would you recommend running a cleaner through the system a couple of times before you add the booster, to, you know, or does that really matter? You know, I think I can answer that one pretty well. I've used the Lucas Octane Booster in applications from boosted, you know, boosted Mustangs to Camaros to turbocharged cars without fouling plugs. And what I would do is I use Lucas Oil's deep clean injector cleaner periodically mm -hmm. in between. And I even would put it sometimes in the tank with the octane booster because our octane booster brings up the octane three full numbers. So if you're a newer type vehicle, especially in the NOx sensors, you can actually sense that. And right. we just proved it. We just I just ran even my 2020 Ford Ranger with EcoBoost. I ran it on the dyno like three weeks ago. I did a before and after with our octane booster and picked up nine horsepower average and a little over eight foot pounds of torque, simply just adding that in the tank. And, I, you know, with the newer spark plugs, iridium plugs, I want to be careful that I don't have too much of the MMT type additive buildup. So periodically I can just run a deep clean through that, keep everything clean and away you go. No problems with my cats or O2 sensors. But I do recommend the guys that use it religiously mm -hmm. to every now and then run like a deep cleaner or a system cleaner through it just to help remove some of that little bit of deposit that you'll see like an orange color on your spark plug to keep everything clean. That's what I recommend. And I've, I've used it for 15, 16 years on multiples of applications without ever having an issue, but I've always kind of followed that structure of maintenance. Yeah, and to springboard off a little bit of what Tom was saying uh, about increase in horsepower with uh, octane boost, you know, decades ago, uh, um, there was sort of this myth that higher octane fuel meant better fuel economy. And in those days, it really wasn't the case. I mean, it's better performance, lack of knock and pinging, uh, but uh, modern vehicles uh, have knock sensors. And, uh, uh, you know, what decades ago we tried to uh, uh, blow apart a myth uh, is now actually true because if the fuel uh, um, uh, resists uh, detonation, pinging, knock, um, the, uh, the sensors of the engine control systems uh, push up the timing to get better horsepower yeah. and better fuel economy. So a higher octane fuel actually will give you uh, better uh, performance and better fuel economy. Uh, so there is benefit there in high octane fuel and in uh, octane boosters. Yeah, that's one thing we got to bear in mind with the smart part of the uh, computer now that's on a lot of these cars. I mean, it, it, it's every second it's adjusting accordingly what it needs to be, what it's reading. Because you might go to one service station and get this type of gas. I'm talking about regular passenger cars. Right. And all of a sudden it has to adjust for that. Same thing with racing. I mean, you may go and get you some, you know, cam two fuel. If, you know, you don't know how good it is, how long, how old it is. So you need that computer to adjust accordingly. So everything you're, we're talking about uh, is relevant to getting the best you can whenever you show up at the racetrack or go down the street. Hey, real quick. Uh, we've gotten a couple of questions here. Like I said, we we got our guys woke up now. They're they're wanting to ask a few and pick your brains a little bit further. How many and which NASCAR Camping World trucks officially use your oil, and what range do they use? Um, I can help a little on that one. Uh, so we work very closely with Jordan Anderson in mm -hmm. the Camping World Truck Series. Um, yep. 
great driver, great family, great people. The other end of that deal is, is we work with ECR and RCR, right? So who's ever on their engine loan or lease program are going to be the ones that are running that. So unless Tom might know exactly, I can't answer exactly, you know, what team numbers or what teams are running them. ECR right. Motors would have it as well as, like I said, Jordan Anderson. We do a, do a lot with Jordan. Yeah. So to jump in on that, we're the official oil of, of our children's racing. By being that, we supply quite a bit of oil to them. We supply them in drums. We send them five-gallon pails. They package it, and that goes out with every lease car, every camping world truck, every everything, every ECR engine receives our oil through their program. Right. Yeah, and, and I'd like to add there, I mean, this is my own experience in, in knowing the folks up at RCR and ECU, ECR. Um, they, they build a lot of engines. It's not just uh, NASCAR engines. I mean, they do all kinds of uh, short track programs and everything like that. So, I mean, they cover the, the, the range and they got a lot of product out there that's being very successful. Right. We had a, just last weekend, we had Burton Racing over in, in uh, Brainerd, Minnesota Racing mm -hmm. and Tommy Drissy's, the team we support directly from Lucas who has, you can see his picture on the, on the wall behind me is his slickness car, that Camaro. And so the oil goes directly from Earnhardt Childress to Burton for that, for that engine program there. Um, so it's, it's really important to us that we know these teams are using our product and it means a lot to us more than just a sticker on the car. I think it's very important to us that the teams are using the products, succeeding with the products. And then if they see changes for some reason, that's where Greg gets to jump in and, and, and we get, we know now we're going to have a new NASCAR engine. And so I know Greg's already in discussions with Bob mm -hmm. Fisher and some others at Earnhardt Childress, because we will be developing a new oil for the next generation. Well, speaking of that, Rick Bailey sent a question in, uh, does Lucas have an engine oil product that is designed around blown applications? Most definitely. We, we have, so when it comes to supercharged applications, and obviously it could, if he's talking blown, maybe he's talking like a, a, a drag, maybe alcohol. So when we look at NHRA side of things, we have a 50 weight that's conventional, a 60 weight that's conventional, and a 70 weight that's conventional. These are all oils designed to be run with the boosted cars that are typically on alcohol or nitromethane. So right. if he's running a boosted car, you know, and we're talking a heads up class, I guess we need to know a little bit more of what class he's running and we can definitely tell him which grade to go for. Um, and and right. just, just a, a quick note on even our 50 weight, even being a conventional oil, that oil has gone 481 miles an hour in the speed demon. So uh, wow. you, even though it was conventional, it took 50 plus pounds of boost on straight out, you know, methanol for over five miles. And uh, I've been able to go out with the team and participate with the team. And, yeah, and that's, pretty, that's pretty remarkable. So, you know, there's just so many different applications that require different oils. And you, I would personally think a synthetic would work better. But for whatever reason, in that big block twin turbo that Kenny Duttweiler builds, and we tested it on the dyno before, and that engine's in the car again, ready to go to Speed Week again. So we're hoping to see 500. Um, with George Petit driving this year. But yes, we do make specific wheels for boosted applications. Okay. And those are used in the truck and tractor pulling series. Um, and, and the same thing, if it is a drag application, so, and we, we try to make this simple for the customer, but they run different oils in eighth mile, then they'll run in quarter mile, you know, in some of these blown applications. You know, we deal with Pat Musi and Charlie Buck and Mike Janice and those guys and mm -hmm. Most of the motors Mike Janice is building are truck and tractor pulling and quarter mile drag racing motors that are blown. Uh, UC and Buck, those guys do a lot with the PDRA group and those guys are running eighth miles. So they're gonna be running a different style of oil. But to answer the question, yes or no, yes, we do. And I'd have him check with his engine builder to get a little bit more detail on that. But we do have stuff that will work in blown applications. Okay, and, and since we've kind of, you know, test on this and the way the, the panel and everything right there, I mean, where the, uh, our viewers are listening or, right now do you guys have like a hotline that somebody call into lucas oil 
and get questions like this answered during the course of the week? Yes, yes, we definitely do. Uh, Forbes was really adamant when he started this company that he wanted to have somebody in customer service that was taking calls, you know, just five days a week. So Monday through Friday, you can call our, our lucasoil.com online or our, our 1-800 number mm -hmm. and talk to a representative because we know we know how difficult it is out there nowadays to call in just about any company get put on hold for hours. So we have a pretty extensive staff, both here in Corona and in Corden, Indiana, that are on the phones from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday to take any any customer service related calls. And if if our customer service has a problem answering that question, they'll fire them over to myself or Greg or Brandon okay. Way, our junior chemist, so that we get the right answer to you. All right. Well, okay. Here's here's one I think is kind of kind of confusing me, but hopefully you guys can answer. Can you use a synthetic oil stabilizer in non-synthetic oil? Yes, you can. And, and I get asked that one a lot when I'm out on the okay. road. And so we actually have three oil stabilizers. We have a heavy duty oil stabilizer that comes in a white bottle and a quart jug that was one of our core four products. We offer a pure synthetic oil stabilizer in a quart container, gray color, that can be used. And, and one good thing about Lucas is read the bottles because it's very thorough on what it can be used for and what application. So to answer that question that popped up, pure synthetic oil stabilizer can be used in conventional oil, but we even recently came out with a low viscosity stabilizer for the newer vehicles, the 020, 520s and 530s for the new passenger car motor belts. So just so that people are aware, we do offer three different oil stabilizers right now through Lucas. Okay. Um, this, this question may have already been answered because I think you touched on it a little bit, but we do have another question here that says, when you look at the same family of Lucas oils and all the various weights, are they generally formulated? For example, you know, the SAE 50, the 60 and 70, which I'll mention, used in methanol blown applications. Are they, they are formulated pretty much the same? They're, they're very close. We have adjusted some of the additives as the viscosity grade was heavier, such as like the, if you look at our sheet between a 50 and a 70, we've upped the additives, some of the molly, some of the zinc and phosphorus, we've increased a little bit in the heavier viscosity because they're running those in blown alcohol applications or top fuel with a lot of fuel dilution. So we upped those additives a bit for those a little heavier oils that we knew really really needed that, especially when they get, you know, look at a top fuel car, they put cylinders out all the time, all that nitromethane's getting into the oil. So we found by increasing those additives a bit, we could help save those parts. Even if they didn't complete the run, we want to yeah. save the parts if we can. Right. There, there tends to be a similarity in, in product line and in, in the, uh, um, you know, the method of uh, formulating, but uh, as Tom indicated, like 70 plus is, you know, it, it's top, typically top fuel and the objective is to keep that engine in one piece. Right. <laughs> and so uh, that sometimes uh, requires a little bit of out of the box thinking uh, to accomplish that, that, you know, would be a little unconventional in the lower viscosity grade oils. Okay, we got, we got a question here. It might be also something we haven't really touched on as far as your products are concerned, but can you develop your, or explain on oil pressure and how important is it to have high oil pressure? And I know that to be, that's a, that's a lot of times that's an engine builder's question as much as anything, but what do you say? Well, I still feel definitely the, the pressure is very important. Volume is probably even more important, but as we see the oils, picking up fuel or degrading from heat, whether it's a NASCAR, um, the oil pressure is definitely important. And we see in the drag racing world where many times if they're running just a wet sump system, at the end of that run, when they're decelerating, there's almost no oil pressure for that split second. So I think keeping that oil pressure up helps keep that lubrication where it needs to be when they lose that lubrication. And it, and it happens in certain track as well. Sometimes on a turn, maybe they're just, taking you know the 
literally the G's are, are pushing on them and that oil needs to be there. So the oil pressure is very important, whether it's a wet sump or a dry sump. Um, ob obviously you have to have the good volume with it, but the drag racers, they panic. Uh, and I'm talking top fuel. They panic. They don't see at least 120 PSI on the oil pressure, which in a circle, you know, circle track or NASCAR, we wouldn't, we'd be probably blowing seals out. Uh, you know, we just don't need that much pressure for that. So depending on the clearances of the engine, the application, um, I do feel, yes, definitely pressure is important. And that's where we see guys that'll throw like our heavy duty oil stabilizer into a 1030 weight, because once they're at temperature, they were losing a little bit of oil pressure, maybe, and it could be, you know, every, every engine is a little different clearances, whether or not it's an aluminum block or an iron block. You know, we see things shift. We see different ring packs work differently with different weights of oil. Right. It, but they literally will throw in an oil stabilizer and it'll pick up 10 or 15 PSI. And now they're, they're in their comfort zone. It, it is sometimes a difficult balance too, because like working with ECR, um, uh, it, it, at times it seems like the lower the viscosity, the better. Obviously the shearing force required uh, for a low viscosity fluid is much lower than a high viscosity fluid. But, um, but the, the, the lower the viscosity of the fluid, generally the lower the oil pressure. And uh, an engineering fix, of course, is to increase the, the pump speed, oil pump speed or volume. But then you've got higher scavenging losses. So you, then you, you lose some of the advantage you would you gain from dropping the viscosity. So it can be a, a delicate balance, that's for sure. And, and more than just one class of racing. Right, and, and whoever that uh, individual is, um, Jeff, if they call the, the 1-800 number and ask right. for Tom or myself, we can get a little bit more information because just before this call, I was on the phone with uh, a gentleman asking a similar question, you know, and if it's a drag racing application over a circle track, whatever, if you're running a 2050 weight oil in a drag racing world, most times, and Greg can, can uh, add to this as well, we never get to operating oil temperatures, which is about 212 to 215 degrees. So, so sometimes a drag racer might be running a, a 2050 or a 1040 and they're never getting to the 40 weight because they're on alcohol or whatever it might be. Circle tracks different, you know, offshore, uh, um, the road racing guys, you know, we do a lot with Dugan's racing out there in California that build a Baja 1000 and endurance motors, they're different. But in the drag world, most times we're not even getting to operating temperatures. So to maybe help that individual out a little bit more answering their question more thoroughly. Right. Go to the 1-8 number, 800 number, ask for Tom Bogner or myself, and we can get a little bit more information and, and try and help answer that question for them. Well, I mean, I think, again, that's what I think is so important here is you guys have that ability to, if you got, if, if it's, if you don't know the answer, call somebody and they'll give you an answer or give you a place to go find the answer. And I think that's very important. Uh, I think that's what's so great about right now. We got these folks out there that they're starting to open up a little bit. We've got another question here. Do you have a full synthetic or a synthetic 10W60 engine oil for an older BMW M engine? Greg, would yes. that be our Euro spec oil? Would that fall into that application? I, that's why I'm reading it right now. Is that right there is concerned is that somebody has that, that need, I guess. So yeah. I, let me jump in real quick we do have a, a full synthetic 10W60 that we offer to our European customers because we know it is important with the BMW and Mercedes and an alternate. So we do have that package. We have it in a liter and also a five liter container that we do sell in, the, in Europe. We don't really sell that here, but to touch on, on that, we make a 5W50 that many folks don't even know we make. And that 550 works so well in like Audi applications, Porsche, anything that takes that 1060 range would benefit. In my opinion, I would run the 5W50. It's a part number 10101. And I helped develop that for our Cobra Jets, our Boss 302s. Right. And, and I run it, uh, I've run it in plenty of BMWs, Mercedes um, with great success, being a full synthetic, no problems with leaks. Um, has a very good additive package, almost like a robust diesel type package. So it keeps all the contamination and suspension real well. 
but you would really find a benefit, I believe, if you ran five W50 in that BMW, and you could even run our synthetic oil stabilizer with that, which would actually put you right close to that 1060 range. Right. And that's what I would recommend. I think we've got one of your customers out here that's asking a question. Do you offer customer oil analysis? Do we do custom oil analysis? Customer, our customers. We have, but it's not routine. Right. Uh, we actually routinely check the oil. You know, Lucas Oil is a, a kind of an unusual company. We run our own truck, so we're a trucking company besides being an oil company. Uh, and we do that for in-house and we, we do periodic uh, uh, analysis for customers, but quite honestly, we're not that kind of laboratory, you know, with a high volume throughput, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, what, what is the, the term? Uh, uh, anyway, uh, with routine oil analysis, there are a lot of labs that do that very economically and uh, we're not trying to compete with them. So <laughs> uh, generally speaking, I, I have to say the answer is no. Yeah, to elaborate a little bit more on it, we do receive samples from our race teams and evaluate those. There's sometimes they, you know, there's times they wanna know if they could go maybe another couple nights on that oil. So they want us to look at the viscosity range, the TBN. Yeah, the, the TBN and where the, the how the additive package is looking. Um, so we do that routinely with the race teams, but we don't open it up to every customer because we have two labs, but our two labs would be probably inundated um, and we need to concentrate on, on the quality assurance and all the other things, aspects of the oil. Here. Right. Um, I know you guys said, hey, just you know, go to a 1-800 number if you've got questions, but we do have, Michael would like to know, is there any Lucas technical team email contacts to where that would work better for them as far as, so they're moving into the line of using more Lucas oil products. Um. Yeah, Jeff, I mean, I could give him my email address. I don't know if we would do it right on here. Um, I can give it to you, Jeff, that you could maybe repost on here. But if anybody has any questions like that, they can email me direct. My email is D-L-A-F-L-E-U-R, just like the spelling of my name there, mm -hmm. at lucasol.com. Okay, well, thank you. And also, uh, Tom said, Francis has already sent something out for one of our guys uh, that they can check with the portrait also that, about some of this analysis stuff that we have a company there that they, if they want to send uh, oil to, that that's what they specialize in. So people who had the uh, question about that, that might be the best way to go. Guys, we got about three minutes left and I feel like we've touched a lot of bases and we've answered quite a few questions here today, but I'd feel remiss if I didn't say that, Hey, you got any products out there that's hot right off the, right out of the, I guess you might say the vat. Uh, that we want to make our folks know or just tell them to go to Lucas Oil Products and uh, look it up and they can see what's new on the line. What, what's the best way? I think still the best bet is checking out our website. Mm -hmm. Every every product we make is on there with also including like TDS sheets and MSDS sheets and all that. Um, but I am excited that we're still working on some new products that hopefully will be released Um that will benefit the racing market. And one of them, Greg and I have been working on several years as, as an alcohol lubricant because that industry tends to, alcohol makes great power, but it's so dry. Same with uh, E85. So we've been working on a new product. I have a couple of bottles in my rack back here where I've had the additive in suspension for over a year and a half without any fallout. So um, stay tuned for some of those kind of products. Uh -huh. I think as we see more guys in E85, I think we could sell that to the masses. But Greg and I both, Dwayne LaFleur, we're on it. We're here for everybody if they need us. Don't hesitate to reach out to us. Well, the, the first thing I want to say, I see Francis is getting ready to join us back. And uh, so must be getting close to, to the end of our time. But uh, thank you for your time, gentlemen. Um, let everybody know it. Uh, Lucas Oil, that we really appreciate their support of the racing industry, as well as uh, I would have to say anybody that's got an engine anywhere, 
that can use your product. Again, everything you have that I've run across, it's great. I mean, it will do what it says it needs to do. It's going to help take care of your, your investment, the best way I know how to put it. You know, you're taking care of people's investments with a quality product and also uh, extend my, I should might say my wishes to, you know, Forrest and Charlotte, because thank you for doing what you did 32 years ago with starting Lucas Oil. Very good. Well, guys, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Pleasure. Th thank you very much. Thank you. It was a great webinar. We got some good questions, and I hope we were able to provide uh, our listeners some, some good answers. So the webinar has been recorded. It will be posted later on on EPAR Trade and on our YouTube channel. Uh, next week, we will be back at 9 o'clock uh, with Penske Racing Shocks for episode 113. We'll be talking suspension. So thank you very much uh, for being with us today. Have a great week, and let's go racing. Sounds good. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye now. Bye-bye. Registering on EPAR Trade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose claim company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose join company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.